Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Shauna Rodriguez, one of your hosts and the founder of Authentic Connections Podcast Network, which makes this podcast possible. This podcast is where you discover the voice behind the pages of your next favorite book. And I'm excited about the author we have for you today. Edie Hackett's characters are real and likable. I found myself rooting for them through their ups and downs, hoping that they find their happily ever after. I wasn't disappointed. Farm Cove Bliss is a perfect read for anyone who loves light stories that help make everything in the world feel good again. This is just one of the Goodreads reviews for Farm Cove Bliss. Edie Hackett is a women's fiction writer who straddles sweet romance, think Hallmark. She writes about self-discovery, family drama, and learning to love oneself while accepting love from others. All her stories have happy endings because life is hard enough. The books you read for pleasure shouldn't be. Her proudest novel is The Havoc in My Head, which is a fictionalized account of her journey with a pituitary tumor. Farm Cove Bliss is her first romance out in February 2023. Welcome to our show, Edie. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. It's nice being here. Tell me the most interesting thing about where you are from. Oh, gosh. Um, So I'm from New England. Grew up in Connecticut. Now live in Massachusetts. I haven't really traveled a whole heck of a lot, but I feel like I lived in Ireland in a previous life. And I feel like that attachment to that country has really shaped who I am. And uh, where I want to end up. Oh, nice. So do you have heritage and a family history with Ireland as part of that? Yeah. So I have family on all four sides of my grandparents over there. Really? And I've been over a bunch of times and I just, I love everything about it. And I just know, you know, previous life I was there. That is awesome. I love it. Yes. It runs through your veins on some level, huh? Yes, for sure. That's wonderful. So what is one of your earliest memories from growing up? I remember learning to ride a bike. That was one of my first memories that I remember. You always hang on to the bad moments in your life. And I remember going down this really steep hill and I could not figure out the brakes. My mom was at the top and I just remember hitting the pavement. So I think it was maybe like four or five, but I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> so do so. not learn to ride a bike on a hill that gets no. you going a little too fast to start yeah. with. Yeah, even if you're like super confident, you got to take baby steps. Baby and steps, start on flat ground. That's a very good plan. Yes. That's a very good plan. Yeah. Yes, I was very confident on bikes and road bikes growing up. And then I went camping with friends. We had met from California and they had 10 speeds. And I grew up on dirt bikes and dirt roads. And so you had the brakes on the handlebars, which I was backpedal. I was backpedal girl. And so when I did my first, you know, time on those, it was with a hill because the campground where our spot was was up higher and went around a corner and tried to put on the brakes and the brakes weren't working. I was backpedaling and it was not slowing me down and I bit it. And it's so funny. Two years in a row, I did the exact same thing. And I had scars on both arms from eating on the pavement. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh, the asphalt marks on both arms, like on opposite sides. So yeah. So even when you're older, <laughs> you should still start new, new types of bikes on flat ground. Don't do the hills. It's right. dangerous. You got to learn those brakes. It's that expression. It's like riding a bike. So easy, right? And you're like, actually not so easy. 
You know, I had never even stopped to think about that. But yes, it, yeah, when I was younger, that was easy. But no devils in the details. There's little pieces to it that are complicated. The brakes can be an important part of it, and hills can yes. complicate things. So, yes, even the easiest things can be complicated by by confounding factors. Yeah. I like that. That's good wisdom, Edie. I definitely dig it. So, of your two books, like you've said, the one you're most attached to is The Havoc in My Head. And that's a pretty profound thing to writing from real experience. So in writing about it, what do you feel like um, the most important message you offer your readers through writing that book? So the biggest reason why I wrote that was I was part of a Facebook group of other people that had this same type of humor. Mm-hmm. And the common theme was that their families and partners and friends didn't understand. Because mm. it's not just like a physical thing that happens to you, it's an emotional thing. Because that type of tumor, your hormones are completely out of whack. So your mood control, your fatigue level, your hunger, all of those things that just happen naturally, they've just gone haywire. And so... It was written for the patients that have this, but also for their family members that are supporting them to kind of have an in-depth look at how it's affecting the relationships around the person that is experiencing this. Because it really is like an issue that affects your entire circle, like your work, your whole life, your kids. And I just felt like there wasn't enough knowledge or understanding about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like just looking at things that have been written about pituitary tumors, they're on textbooks. And it's like, well, no, we need to look at the people that are going through it. And so that was my main motivation. It was like a processing piece for me because I wrote it while I was going through all the treatment and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, seeing how it impacted my own family. But I wanted to help others who were going through that as well. Yeah, that's incredible. And there's actually an Amazon review that I just want to read for folks. It says, once I started it, I couldn't stop. Thoroughly enjoyed the read. One I will certainly be adding to my book collection and one I'll be mentioning to all my friends, especially those who also relate to this. Glad I came across this book. Huge well done. And that was for the havoc in my head. So it, you definitely hit the the mark for readers when writing that. But it sounds like it was for you, it came from a personal place of trying to like get that across and for others to represent that perspective because it is such a unique perspective in writing that. Yeah. And I gave it to all my doctors too. Really? Yeah. So one of my doctors read it and uh, one of our follow-ups, he was like, I read your book. I think I know who I was because I did make it fictional. It wasn't a memoir. <laughs> so the characters were different, the locations, like all that. And he was like, you know, I don't I don't know if you painted me in a flattering way, but so it's true, right? Like you have these doctors and they're super knowledgeable and they know what they're talking about. But sometimes the bedside manner doesn't come off in a way that makes you feel comfortable. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so I wanted the doctors to kind of see the whole thing from a patient perspective, too. Yes. And so with you and your writing journey, like, so you wrote this book and that was your your first book is writing to have. No, it was my second book, but. It uh, was. Yeah. 
it was my second book and it's the one that like I just poured my heart and soul into. So So you were already on your writing journey when this yes. took place and then you felt like this is what you needed to write next. So how did yes. you decide you were going to be a writer? Like where did that come from? Is that something you've always known you wanted to be a writer or where did that journey start for you? I've always wanted to write. I wrote short stories when I was a child. I took writing classes in high school and college. But at that time, the response would be, you know, you need a backup sleep because, mm-hmm. you know, you may not make any money. So figure something else out. Or, you know, you can't turn your Bobby into a career or you should never turn your passion into a job because then it turns into a job and you stop enjoying it. So like those were the things that I was fed growing up. And then, you know, almost 20 years into my career, a colleague at work encouraged me to start writing. And I was like, why not? I'm just going to do it. And that started. I work in a school, so I have summers off. And Mm -hmm. It gave me almost three months of just time to focus on writing and reading craft and figuring out how to do it. And it's just slowly progressed from there. So every year I've been able to cut back on work so that I can focus more on my writing, which is, you know, like my husband's so supportive of it. And I just am slowly learning more and more about how to write and how to be a good writer and how to market and all of that. Where do you see yourself with your writing 10 years from now? I mean, I don't know if 10 years is the right time frame, but eventually I see myself in a cottage overlooking Mm -hmm. the Atlantic Ocean in Ireland on a cliff and writing there and living there. So, Oh, I love it. I love it. We come full circle back to Ireland. That's yeah. a good way to lead the conversation. I love that. So, but yeah, I would like to kind of turn it more into a career um, rather than just a part-time source of income, Some, you know? Yes. Yes. More than something that fits in. That's something that can be the the main focus, which is amazing what you can open up when you do have it be the main focus. Yeah. That's so exciting. So what is the best place for people to find you and to find your work? So I I am right now only on Amazon, but I have paperback and ebooks available in Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle Unlimited and you want to try a new author, I am on there. I am mostly on Instagram. It's e.dhackett, which is also my website. That's awesome. And Hackett is with two T's, CK and two T's for Hackett. That's wonderful. And what book or story inspires you the most? So I want to say The Hunger Games because Katniss Everdeen is like my hero. She's like who Mm -hmm. I want to be when I grow up. She's just (laughs) such a strong character. I read the book after my daughter was born. But had I read it before she was born, I probably would have a daughter named Katniss. She just is so strong and so confident. And she's the type of female that I want my family to be, you know. Yes. Very inspiring and very strong and and able to overcome things and think strategically. I love 
the brain and that character too and the way she puts things together and makes things happen. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and sharing with us today. And folks will have to come in and seek you out. I love that we got to hear a little bit of your reviews and hopefully they'll get a chance to read you and leave you more of those reviews. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great talking with you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for being part of our conversation today. Take a moment to follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast. The link in bio there has connections to all of our guests, as well as to your host, Kathleen Basie, and myself. Through the end of May, you'll find a link at the top of that list for a very special short story anthology, A Million Ways, Stories of Motherhood. It includes work from a number of authors we featured, including myself. It'll make for a wonderful gift for Mother's Day for that reader in your life. We look forward to connecting again next week. Until then, keep it express, but keep it interesting.